came from very different backgrounds. Be classy, be genuine, be grateful. I wanted to help out and contribute and sort of give back to the people that had helped me. Man, welcome to the intro. No need for introductions. All about the world and the world what we discussing. Where every single thought that we had came for something. So it's funny that we made it when we started here with nothing. Gotta open up your mind just to find out why. When you lost inside the dark, just gotta turn on the light. And no matter what you do, you never run from a fight. Because we fighting to be better and that's why we strive. Hi, I'm Corey McCain, CEO of WeStrive, the number one platform for personal trainers, gym owners, and coaches to both manage and scale their business. I'm your host for Why We Strive, where every Tuesday I sit down with some of the most incredible tech founders, investors, and creatives to find out how, when, where, and why they strive. Be sure you tune in every single Tuesday and check us out at whywestrive.com for more info. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, dude. Actually, how do you pronounce your last name? Iomi. Iomi. Okay. Yeah. I thought I could. It's always though. I'm like, is that an L or an I? And exactly. I've had some. <laughs> I've had my own legal team sometimes on some documents. <laughs> really? Early on, put an L. I'm like, guys. Dang. Yeah. Okay. So I Iomi. Iomi. Yeah. Okay. It's Italian. Cool. Okay. Um, so we have Matthew Iomi here, the uh, CEO of Fetty. And uh, if you don't live in Austin, you might not know what Fetty is, but it, it, you're gonna know soon because <laughs> uh, I don't. We're, we're gonna get to your expansion plans, but um. You guys have taken over Fetty by storm. Uh-huh. I'm gonna give my sorry Austin by storm. I'm gonna, um, say, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna give myself one percent credit uh, for promoting it, but I mean you guys have been killing it. Um, can you tell everyone what, what Fetty is about, and then we'll go to your background after that? Yeah, definitely. So Fetty is a group rideshare platform, and essentially what we do is we transport groups and businesses together and on demand. Okay. So right now, groups of six or more have essentially two options without Fetty. The first option is to reserve a charter vehicle Mm -hmm. days or weeks in advance, Mm -hmm. pay a five hour minimum for a 10 to 15 minute trip Mm -hmm. and have no payment flexibility. Mm -hmm. Deposits, one person has to pay the upfront. Um, It's just an outdated charter model, Mm -hmm. right? The other option that these groups have is to split up the group and take multiple vehicles, whether it be their personal or other ride share. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it creates an inferior transportation experience because you're not with your friends, Mm -hmm. as well as adds to congestion, adds to emissions, um, and adds to cost. Exactly. So kind of what we've done is we've created a platform that kind of combines the efficiencies of high capacity vehicles with the efficiencies of ride share technology to create kind of this group first group ride share platform. Very cool. I mean, that's more complicated than how I would have worded it, but uh, that's definitely what you guys do. I mean, it's like you got rid of the need to, if you have 15 people, it's like you're no longer um, getting seven people in one Uber on each other's laps illegally and then getting like three in the other and you're crammed and you're uncomfortable and now you're just like, oh, cool, this is Call of Fetty. And I've done this like 12 times, so I can I can, I can attest to how convenient the Fetty is. Um and I, so I'll start with my first my first story. I was just bringing this up earlier. Okay. So, the first experience with Fetty, um, I met Justin, your co-founder. He, right. He's COO, right? CTO. CTO. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I met Justin, and he, um, I met him. I met him like a week before, and then it was my friend Maria's birthday, and it was like a Wednesday, and her birthday was Saturday. And then Thursday, the bus we were supposed to use got in a crash, so we couldn't use it. Not a Fetty. It was a different... It was, yeah, there's nothing to... Not oh, Fetty. Okay, we, okay. Fetty hasn't entered the picture yet. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So the bus, like a full-ass bus we were going to use, uh, crashed. 
And I was just like, I was had, it was it the old outdated model reserve it days in yep, advance? Yep, oh, okay. exactly. Right. Yeah, and there there was it was like a whole ass like bus rental company or something like that. Gotcha. And um, what happened was we were just like freaking out because there was no buses we could rent. It was like some busy weekend in like April or May. And um, essentially, I called Justin. And I, I felt like kind of a badass too. And I'm uh-huh. like, I'm like, I think I know somebody. And I, I called Justin. And I'm like, Yo, man, like, can you help us out at all? And sure enough. You know, we paid him like through an invoice instead of the app because we wanted to like we want to make sure it was. Right. I never used the app before. Yeah. Um. So we booked three Fetties in advance, and sure enough, like I, I got all the numbers of the drivers, and we come downstairs as a group of like forty-two of us, and just three black vans roll up at the same time, and yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I felt like I was a baller, yeah. dude. I was like, I did this shit, and it was cool to have that experience. Yeah. Um. And the second point, so I, I think to the, kind of get your guys' timeline going. So that was in like April or May, and no one really knew about Fetty at that point. It was kind of being used, and then April three, May of twenty twenty two of this of this year. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha, So yeah. like it was people knew Fetty, but like it really it was it the growth has been exponential to where in August. And I'll tell you what, during around yeah. to prior to that time, most of the people who knew us kind of were kind of the younger college students mm-hmm. stuff like that. We hadn't really expanded. Part of our go-to-market strategy is starting with these university hubs. Might as well. Yeah, so yeah. around that time, that's when we started. So you're yeah, right yeah. That a lot of those uh, kind of younger younger adults, older adults, uh, didn't know about us yet. Yeah, and I think it, it. I don't know when it exploded specifically. I mean, I'm sure you have data points, mm-hmm. but the the end story, the end for this story, I guess, is that I was at a party three weeks ago. And there was this girl who wasn't in tech at all, had no, because I feel like this is a very much tech company and it, it will, it will, it's growing more like the public, but yeah. it started as tech. And, um, she was just like, Hey guys, I'm going to call a Fetty. And I was just I like, I was like, Oh, I know those guys. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. And it was cool to see like a regular person in Austin, just like not even mention the word Uber and be like, I'm calling a Fetty. Definitely. No, no. And, cool. it, and it hits yeah. me, it hits me too. There was one time where I was at Whataburger yeah. um, and I was just sitting down with some friends and I overheard a group of girls um, that... I presumably went to UT. Yeah. Uh, saying, "Hey, let's get a Fetty," and just kind of, oh. that, that, yeah, just kind of those those moments really, uh, really open your eyes and kind of give you uh, confirmation that whatever you're working on seems to be working. That's so cool. Yeah. I've been waiting. I've had I've had low key moments of those with Weestrive, but uh-huh. like it's a lot harder because it's like. Exactly, just trainers yeah. and gym yeah, owners. And it's yeah. like, but I've been waiting to be in the gym and hear a trainer say like, hey, uh, get it, we strive. We need to work out together or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Haven't heard it yet, but that's a dream, man. That's so cool. Um, how did you guys come up with the name for Fetty? Uh, so, okay, can I guess? And this was Umar Brimo's guess. Is it short for confetti, like a party? No, it's not. Oh! <laughs> Umar, dude, close though. Okay, all right. Well, what's before I get into to kind of where it came from, what's the beauty of the name Fetty is that everyone asks there you go. where the where the name came Conversation. from. Conversation. Right? Yeah. It's better than if we had called it uh, We Move or something, yeah, 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 something yeah, yeah. you know, Group Move or exactly. something like that. Uh, but Fetty in a South Pacific term means an extension of one's family. Oh, damn. And so it's kind of, it's kind of the, the basis that whenever you're – two things. Whenever you're in a Fetty, yeah. you're kind of surrounded by your squad, by your group, by mm-hmm. the people that you care about that care about you. The other side to that is, is we like to say, you know, you're an extension of, an extension of one's family. And, and when you're in a Fetty, very rarely, mm-hmm. if ever, do you have a frown on your face. Yeah, yeah, Right? Because you're with the group of your friends, colleagues, mm-hmm. coworkers, whatever it may be, yeah. um, going to wherever you need to. And so it's, it's, it's – we really kind of enjoyed making this service that produces a lot of mm-hmm. good emotions, good times, good memories. Okay. Um, so that's kind of – but we've got a lot where, you know – Confetti, yeah. Fetty Wap, whatever nice, it may nice. be. Nice, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of why I like the name too. It's just uh, yeah, very unique. A lot of people don't know. I um, 
It's like that's some like Fast and Furious shit. His family. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah, I um. Do you guys? Because I I've mentioned this a few times in the podcast, but we we interviewed Rise a few weeks ago, and they are a um, drone company, and it's spelled R I Z S E. Okay. And, and so I had a company before called Perfect, spelled P E R F I C T, like fit. And so, have you guys run into trouble like SEO wise or app wise with having uh, two I's instead of two T's? No, no. If anything, it's helped SEO just because it's more unique. Mm, gotcha. um, so it, it's kind of pushed it that way where we have gotten, especially early on, is a lot of people would spell it F-E-T-T-I. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's, been, uh, that's been something, but mm. um, kind of just, just push, which I imagine Lyft had the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, they definitely did. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so people just kind of get used to it and understand yeah. it. And if anything, it can make it stronger because... Oh, exactly. You no, know, it's so unique that uh, mm-hmm. it sticks in the mind. Exactly. It is that like this side's good, this side's bad. It's like it sticks in the mind. You can get SEO. You can you can, you can like dibs it on SEO, but the SEO is harder because like it's a misspelled word. Right. So it's like it's got a, definitely pros and cons uh-huh, for sure. Definitely. In the long run, pros for sure. Uh-huh. Um, so we know that. Wait, wait, I'm just gonna delete this. This is a long. <laughs> it's a long ass question. I went to go start. I'm like, how long is this question? Uh, she knew or find out. Uh, okay, there we go. Cool. Okay, I was like, what does this fucking question mean? Um, so er- early on, like, because this is where I came from too. So like, we have competitors called like Trainer Eyes and True Coach and shit like that. And like for like a year, they probably didn't know who we were. And I know they know who we are now because like I I can see our users leaving their platform and then reporting to them that they left their platform for WeStrive. Uh. So do you, do you? Th- I mean, there's no way it's not. But like. When was the point where you realized that Uber and Lyft probably know who you are now? Or have you not hit that point, do you think? I, I think so. Uh, for example, the first market we ever launched in was at uh, in College Station, home of mm. Texas A&M, where I went to, to school. Wait, um, how, how long ago was that? That was uh, end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Wait, you guys have been around? Or did you, did you like, as you tell, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I'll tell you. Remind me to come back to this point, okay. but I'll tell you quick the origin story. Okay, okay. So I was a senior at Texas A&M University. Um, mm-hmm. I had three classes left to complete my degree. Okay. Senior year, kind of at that point, you know, it's 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 uh, it's a pretty relaxed year for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I figured that you know since I've got this free time, uh, let's uh, let's start a, a side business, mm-hmm. build something that has good cash flow, and kind of. Whenever I go, because I was at that point, I was I was planning to go into investment banking. Nice. And uh, and so I said, okay. Uh, there was this these two students who were selling uh, a shuttle bus, and they had started. Uh, it was about a year old, and they had started um, a small little student transportation company. Mm-hmm. Um, old, outdated charter model, you know, everything yeah. of that sort. And uh, and I saw that they weren't. Uh, automating anything they were still driving it themselves they hadn't digitalized anything no mm-hmm. payment system anything of that sort so uh, so I called my friend Justin who's my co-founder and CTO and mm-hmm. I told him look there's this interesting um, small little business that these two kids are selling uh, are you interested to go in it with me and uh, we'll grow it up mm-hmm. um, automate it kind of having ha- have it generating cash um, so so we we made the decision to buy it from them mm-hmm. um, Purchased it, and uh, and from there we we grew it. Kind of, you know, made a website, booking system, mm-hmm. um, automated everything, uh, to the point where once it was grown, we really 
we're now in the industry of group transportation yeah. and that's kind of when our minds started rolling. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do we scale this, mm-hmm. right? How do we make the user experience more pleasurable? How do we make the business model more desirable, mm-hmm. right? And, and more efficient. And, uh, and from there it kind of grew into what eventually became Fetty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we created an app, created on-demand capabilities, created a, a PSP model, which mm-hmm. for anyone who doesn't know, Fetty doesn't own any of its vehicles. Mm-hmm. What we do is we have good to know. Okay, it's a good, good fact. I didn't yeah. Know that. Okay, what we okay. what we this business is is a combination of conventional ride share with uh, scooter uh, scooter mobility with Amazon uh, mm. delivery models. So, for example, with conventional ride share, we have an on demand app mm-hmm. that allows users to book these vehicles uh, on demand or pre scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of how you check in. You pay using a QR QR code similar to Limes and Birds mm-hmm. on those scooters. And our supply model is, is similar to Amazon's DSP, Delivery Service Partner mm-hmm. model, in which we have Fetty PSPs, Passenger Service Providers. Okay. And these are entities that own these fleet of vehicles mm-hmm. and rent them out to independent contractors, similar to the Uber Hertz deal, mm-hmm. who then utilize our vehicles to service our users. Gotcha, okay. So so it, it, we've, we've created a very light business and, and all of these dif- different things stemmed from problems that we encountered running this group transportation company. Mm-hmm. So for example, with the rideshare aspect, we found that users didn't wanna pay five, six hours minimum, uh, you know, hourly minimum, 150, $200 an hour, to go from their house or, or their work to the nightlife, right? Yeah, yeah. Or to the lake, right? Mm-hmm. Or to a bachelorette party, whatever it may be. They only needed it for 15 minutes. Exactly. Right, yeah. and so that right there was a big obstacle that we wanted to take away. So we created kind of this rideshare um, aspect to group transportation that mm-hmm. kind of um, resolved that. And of course, iterations are still coming and improvements are coming. Yeah. On the other side, the, the check-in system, we found that groups, because they're so large, and that's kind of a, a, an attractive thing about our business is the unit economics are so attractive because one trip generates three, four times the revenue of one Uber trip mm-hmm. because we can fit more people in, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And that's why we uh, we recently are now profitable. Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, so we've kind of taken the, the profitable aspect of rideshare and made it our business Very with cool. these large groups. Um, but one, one pain point that we found is at the beginning, beginning of things, we said, okay, We'll make uh, the user pay for everything up front, mm-hmm. the booker, just like how it is in conventional charter transportation. And we found that while with Uber and Lyft, they can get away with charging one person because it's, okay, it's 20 bucks mm-hmm. and hopefully my friends pay me back. Yeah, yeah, Right? Which, which they never. <laughs> which, which they never, <laughs> never do, exactly. Y'all owe me so much money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> get Corey's money yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, And with, with Fetty, it's even more uh, exa- exaggerated because now all of a sudden you've got two hundred, three hundred dollar trips, and mm-hmm. for one person to upfront pay that, mm-hmm. it creates the accessibility for that service. Uh, you know, it reduces that a lot. Exactly. So what we implemented was a QR check-in system that mm-hmm. users, whenever they come in onto the vehicle, they'll scan a QR code that seamlessly splits the payment amongst the group. So now instead of one person paying two hundred, three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? Each person now only has to pay five dollars for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, similar to how they would do with a with a scooter. And so we really found that that solution made it more accessible mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah, and didn't reserve this service just for special events. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, the uh, the supply model, mm-hmm. right? When we first started, we owned the vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Right, and we had to deal with maintenance. I was gonna right? say you're not a car rental company. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that that kind of 
that, that was taken away our focus from building this platform as efficiently and, and to the best quality as we could, mm-hmm. having to deal with both sides of things. So we had to figure out a way to kind of distribute that to other parties and kind of automate it. And so that's where the PSP model comes in, mm-hmm. where now these entities can essentially create cash flow businesses by themselves mm-hmm. uh, using our platform. Very cool. um, and so kind of all these things that have come together to be what Fetty is now, it's not like we woke up one day and said, okay, this is how it's going to work. Yeah. Right. We started in the group transportation mm-hmm. uh, industry where it was outdated and we just kind of used our innovative intuition and, and our, frankly, I don't know if we would have been able to do this if we were 55, 60 years old, mm-hmm. right? Because we kind of had that fresh look on things of, of how things are being done and how they should be done. And so we kind of incorporated that mindset into all these different obstacles and issues that we were using that eventually came to this kind of efficient group ride share solution. Very cool. Um, now, with that being said, you asked, uh, when do you think uh, Uber noticed? When we first launched in College Station, I'd probably say about a year in, because it's such a college town, mm-hmm. right? Texas A&M University is essentially the whole ecosystem yeah. of College Station, hence the name College Station, that, right? Yeah. Um, we've we've serviced and we've taken care so uh, of so many uh, A&M students. We've essentially kind of taken over that city, mm-hmm. where I'm very uh, fairly confident that 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 territory manager for Uber or Lyft, they noticed, they yeah. noticed that <laughs> yeah, yeah, dip yeah. in, yeah. in, in gross bookings. Gotcha. Um, so that's when I think they first noticed. Hmm. Now it can, when it comes to Austin, Austin is so much bigger. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, and like you said, we're still new to Austin. So I think we put a little dent, but I think it's going to take some time for them to, uh, hmm. to really notice. Um, hmm. they, they recently came out with a, a feature called Uber charter. Okay. And essentially what they've done is they've recognized that the group transportation industry is significant Mm -hmm. and there's a desire to become the leader and and, and name brand in group transportation. The only thing is that what we've created is is significantly different than current rideshare models and difficult. Mm -hmm. It's it's a natural moat uh, around the type of business that we've created. So what Uber Charter was forced to do to kind of get into this industry is they're essentially a broker. So you can go into the Uber app, you put in your information, mm-hmm. and they'll connect you to a charter transportation company. Oh, so they're literally not even doing it. Exactly. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not on demand. They'll reach out. You'll hear back in a few days. It's on an hourly basis. If wow. You, if you want to go from point A to point B. That's honestly like like kind of tacky, I feel like. I know. Because Uber is such an on-demand. I feel like that's like just like a gross thing for them to put into their bit like why would you even yeah, add that there's a couple yeah. uh you know a lot of people are saying dara did it just to boost the stock prices and oh, kind yeah. of you know and make the the appearance that things are being done yeah um but look i don't blame them uber's a big company they've got a lot of mm-hmm. you know issues they're dealing with at the moment mm-hmm. um and for them to kind of start this whole other business and model makes it difficult for them yeah, yeah right it's sure. the same reason why uh, you know, Venmo is a vertical of PayPal, mm-hmm. right? If PayPal wanted to, they could have kind of figured it out, but mm. they can't have all that focus, all those resources exactly. dedicated to that. Same reason why Robinhood is a vertical of TD Ameritrade, mm. right? It's kind of creating these products that are specific towards a certain niche. And that's kind of how, how you know, those those verticalizations happen. Very cool. Well, I'll say this, what I, um, I would have never gone where you guys went, but when I was in college, I drove a party bus for my buddy three times for like because, oh, yeah. he, because he owned it. I didn't have any money or else I would have bought my own, but I wanted to buy a party bus and do it for my look. Cause I had a college town too. Yeah. Uh, it's like Eastern Washington university. There's okay. like 12,000 people when the students are there and there's like 
a thousand when the students yeah. are like it's yeah. literally college town. So yeah. I want it's funny you guys did that. Um, and then the second thing was. Um, Oh, dude, I just totally forgot my question. And this is what happens when you host a happy hour and then the next day you do a podcast. Oh, yeah. It's totally space. But it was I, a great I, happy hour, by the way. I, pre- I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Uh, but no, that, that's incredible, dude. I, I didn't know that you guys – that was my question. What did you guys do during COVID? Was it kind of like a pause for you or what? Look, I mean, in any startup, you have those highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And being uh, in group transportation during COVID <laughs> yeah. was obviously a low. Yeah. Um, well, are you big enough for – governments to be like hey what's this feddy thing doing or like what is that no but whenever when when covid happened we were only in college station mm. so when schools didn't oh, yeah, right yeah. Yeah. that's i mean damn near 80 90 of our mm. our user base that kind of just uh stuck at home and then mm-hmm. evaporated um so so yeah definitely we were trying to figure out what was going on and i think it, it proves to the resilience of our team we have a killer team um and, and kind of you know we were able to come out of it and what's really cool is the way we were able to come out of it is we got a significant contract with the texas a&m university system mm. um so this is a group of this is the system in which they're above the 11 texas a&m institutions gotcha okay and what we did is we created a side product uh, called edu scan fedi scan okay and what this product was it incorporated our qr code scanning technology and allow these institutions to put up QR codes on their on their doors, on their vehicles, on their um, whatever whatever on their laboratories, whatever it may be. And users, uh, kids, whenever school started, they had to scan into this QR code whenever they entered a classroom or entered any any building. Mm. So that if one person tested positive for COVID, mm. they could go into the back end see all the people who were checked into that room wow. and notify them, say, okay, these are the people who may have been mm-hmm. in contact with the COVID person. They need to go get tested. Interesting. And, and so that's kind of, that's kind of how, how we were able to come out of that. Interesting. Um, was, it, was that just with College Station or who did you guys work with? Yes. I mean, we, so we worked with the system. So it was with uh, Texas A&M and College Station in Corpus Christi mm. in, um, in essentially, essentially all of them, um, Galveston. Uh, and so that contract, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. just the ingenuity, right? To, to not mm-hmm. say, okay, I give up. Let me go find a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's, let's, we have to let the team go. It's, it's no matter what, figuring out a way because yeah, in any successful startup story, business story, there's going to be those, those lows that mm-hmm. are really significant. So, I mean, to kind of be in this game, you have to have a really high tolerance and, uh, and believe that no matter what, there's a way out. So cool. Usually, usually those stories go along with like, you're doing this and then you pivot and then this thing goes like this. It's cool that you guys were able to pivot and then go back to the original thing. Right. And and I'm sure like in those two years, some things of your scanning model improved through the technology that you're able to put into Fetty. Yeah. And and that was a really important thing that I wanted to tell the team and I wanted to tell our shareholders that Mm -hmm. look, this is something for us to, to survive. Yeah, yeah. Right. This isn't the business that we believe in. Gotcha. Okay. Right. And it would have been very easy to say, okay, let's forget about this transportation thing mm-hmm. and let's focus and go in on, on this COVID thing. Because at the time you would have thought, you would have thought anything related to COVID was the future. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you find out that really it was, mm-hmm. it was what a two year span, mm-hmm. right? Two, three year span. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we had a lot of investors pushing us saying, Hey, you know, we really like this product. I think you should go, you know, devote all your resources to it, do it all your time. And I, I really made the first stand, the the firm stance in saying, 
no, this is a temporary solution. Mm -hmm. Right now, group transportation, uh, transportation, the second largest household expenditure, it's a big problem. Mm -hmm. It's a big market. This is how we can solve this issue. This is what this company is about. And yeah. so it was really important. And you bring up a good a good point that it, it was it could have been very easy for us to just kind of chill straight. there. Yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. Very cool. Exactly. And with um with the process that you were mentioning, um, when it comes to scanning, so how does that work? I mean, I've done it physically, but I can't remember because I was drinking each time. So, <laughs> uh, so let's say there's 10 of us, right? And I go up and I scan it first. Let's say the, the ride's $100. Mm -hmm. um, there's 10 of us, $100 makes it simple. So um, technically, I would be charged $100. The next person scans it. Is it now 50-50? No. So, so what, it, what it'll do is it'll everyone will check in. Once everyone's checked in, mm -hmm. the driver will process the payment. Mm -hmm. Now, that algorithm will determine what the price per person should be mm -hmm. based on the amount of people that are checked in. Gotcha. Right? So it's not a, a pre-check-in thing. It's a post-check-in thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, and that, that kind of makes it a lot easier so that we don't have to say, okay, if you're going to book a Fetty, we need to know right now how many people are coming. Mm -hmm. Right? Because a lot of people don't. If they're yeah. with a group, maybe it's six, maybe it's seven, gotcha. maybe it's five. Um, so we kind of have that flexibility, which is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Very cool. And um, do you do you see like um, Uber or Lyft like offering you guys an acquisition at some point? Look, I mean, Uber Charter is already uh, with with Uber Charter. They've already made the notion that they want to get into this industry, mm -hmm. so it's it's assumed that they would want to make an offer. Um, whether it's Uber or Lyft making an offer, or whether it's Uber or Lyft trying to start their own type of group rideshare aspect, mm -hmm. and then the other making an acquisition to kind of get in the game. So that's what you really want. Yeah. Right? That's it's, where you get different. really good. Or, or <laughs> yeah. it's a third party yeah, yeah. where uh, where someone who's not in the rideshare space wants to get their feet wet. And so get someone it. like Lime that just does whatever they... Like Lime or a <laughs> big one. A yeah. big one is Ford. Oh, gotcha. Ford, Ford is one. Uh, they try to do their... What kind of vans do you guys use? Fifteen passenger Ford Transit. Hey, oh, dude. Exactly. Hey, if you work at Ford, you know, start start spreading the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ford's a good one. There was, uh, there was uh, an acquisition they made uh, a few years back called Chariot. Okay. And Chariot was actually a Y Combinator company. Mm -hmm. They purchased them right after YC um, for about sixty-five million. Okay. They were very early on in San Francisco, uh, and what they did is they utilized these fifteen passenger Transit vans. Um, but for employee commuting, uh, employee commuting. Mm. So, so not, not on demand, not for consumer really focused. It was mostly for people commuting. Um, and they were purchased by Ford and what Ford realized shortly after, and, and it's shut down in 2019, um, yeah. is that there's not enough utilizations uh, throughout the day, throughout the week for just employees commuting because yeah, you've got, you've got, yeah. you know, this two hour span in the morning, mm -hmm. two hours span in the evening where all your, all the vehicles are being utilized and then they're just sitting idle. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So yeah. kind of what we've done is we've kind of come through the back end and built this foundation of on-demand group transportation mm -hmm. and complemented it with corporate B2B employee shuttling, whether cool. it's shuttling, commuting or offsite corporate events. Yeah. It makes way more sense. I mean, like basically them buying that business, it's like, you can only do it these hours and you can only do it in major cities yeah. and that's your whole entire and, and getting, <laughs> and getting this, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. getting those deals with with yeah. companies yeah and that bullshit takes time yeah. that what bureaucracy a, what a, no is. offense to those guys what a not a good business model <laughs> to, to, to invest in anyways that, for that, that valuation yeah um, do you 
would you want to have an exit or do you want to see this become like a worldwide phenomenon? Like what is your, like, where's your stance at? Look, I have a vision that, that Fetty vehicles will be the main mode of transportation in every urban city, mm-hmm. right? It starts with group transportation, group mm-hmm. travel with, you know, special events or just night out with friends. Uh, and, and it also plays in with employee transportation, whether it be mm-hmm. offsite corporate events, commuting for employers or whatnot, mm-hmm. which can also go into uh, kind of a van pool option where mm-hmm. people can be grouped up together mm-hmm. uh, going to like place destinations. So what I see for Fetty is not just taking care of group transportation, which it is right now, mm-hmm. but in the future taking care of almost all transportation. Yeah. So to answer that question is it's going to be whatever I think is best to achieve that vision. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if I think uh, not not having that exit, going public, staying private, whatever it may be, mm. it's going to be towards achieving that vision, yeah. which which I believe our team can do. Um, and, and with those questions, you know, as well, it's kind of tell me what what's going to happen in two, five, ten years. Exactly. Yeah. You, you never know. Exactly. You never know. So any answer I give you is it's all is, bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. all bullshit. You, you never know. And, yeah. and so that's kind of that's kind of how I answer those. Gotcha. And then do you guys see yourselves? Um, going up or down capacity wise like do you see yourself having buses do you see yours or, or vice versa do you see yourself having like a car like an uber it's a good question um it's a good question and and right now you know with these 15 passenger transit vans they're so ubiquitous because they can handle groups as little as six mm-hmm. to as high as 14 mm-hmm. right 15 um and and one of the main things that we're trying to do is remove congestion and unnecessary vehicles off of the road. Mm-hmm. Now, if we need to create kind of an option that kind of grabs that last five, ten percent by using sedans, yeah, we may. But the primary focus is group transportation, mm-hmm. right? Ninety-seven hours uh, on average for each American is wasted per year in traffic. Mm-hmm. Ninety-seven hours of your life—that's yeah. staring at at red lights in front of you, mm-hmm. not moving. That could have been spent with coworkers building something. Mm-hmm. Could have been spent on on building on family, <laughs> right? On family, <laughs> on lease drive. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right yeah. Uh, with friends, with your children, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And that that problem of congestion is only getting worse. Yeah. Right. People like to say, "Oh, California has has horrible traffic." Mm-hmm. It's not just California. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming to every urban city. We're seeing it in Austin, man. It's getting. When I first moved here a year and a half ago, I was like, "This isn't that bad." And now I'm like, "Dude, Jesus Christ!" I know, <laughs> like, I know. And, and and you know, a lot of these a lot of these vehicles have one person one person in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's the amount of space that is wasted is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Right. And and kind of what I like to say to people whenever we're in the office, I say, "Look down." And, and a lot of people a lot of people like to complain. Oh, these scooters are littering the mm-hmm. the city, yeah, the sidewalks. Yeah. Right. Have you heard that before? Oh, of course. Well, I lived in Venice. When Lyman's Bird came out, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like it, they're they're getting kicked over and yeah, shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I look down, I say, look, that's a fine argument, but look on the sidewalk, all these cars mm-hmm. that are parked there eight hours a day, exactly. not being utilized at all. Yeah, yeah. and you're not going to tell me that's not it's littering twenty the times as well. the size of a scooter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, kind of in in our vision of Fetty, we see us removing those vehicles and mm-hmm. saying, look, you're not utilizing them. Why add depreciation on that vehicle? Why pay for these gas prices? Mm-hmm. Right? Why sit in traffic not being able to work or do anything mm-hmm. else? Yeah. Even just text. Mm-hmm. We can take care of that. We can remove these. We can make cities more accessible for all mm-hmm. uh, and just improve quality of life. And so that's kind of what the main goal of FEDIA is to eventually achieve. Very cool. 
And I, I want to touch on hiring now. So a few points on that. The first thing is I'm going to pull my phone out and um, pull up my contacts. So you guys have, um, I have Francisco, Hector, Ike, Othmane, and Renee on here. Uh-huh. Hector has picked me up three times in a Fetty. Yeah. Um, I've met Othman, I think, twice, and I think Francisco twice. Uh-huh. Um, so they clearly have stuck around. Uh-huh. Uh, so how do you guys how do you guys handle the hiring process? How do you handle like staffing? How do you handle like training? Like what what is that process like for you guys for the drivers specifically? Yeah. So so our drivers uh, they're independent contractors. Okay. This is essentially their business, mm-hmm. right? They rent this vehicle from a PSP. Right? Gotcha. Okay. And they keep it at their house. They take care of maintenance. Oh, it's their vehicle. Of, exactly. Gotcha, exactly. Gotcha. It's like whenever if you're a rideshare driver and you want to go through the through Hertz. Gotcha. Right. Okay, you can gotcha. rent this vehicle, but it's your business. Hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. And you say, you know, you you brought up a point where they've been around for a while. Shout out Hector. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, for for you know a couple reasons. Obviously, you can't dance around the fact that. They're making they're making good money, mm-hmm, yeah. right? And that's kind of the attractiveness of the the unit economics of Fetty is that our dra- our drivers are able to generate substantial amount of, of revenue for their business because of the unit economics because yeah. you're able to fit more people into a vehicle. Whereas Uber and Lyft drivers, whenever you do the math, mm-hmm. significantly lower because you can only take twenty dollars per trip. Gotcha. Right, and so whenever you 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 take into account gas depreciation, Uber or Lyfts take. Mm you're going home with a lot less, yeah, yeah. right? Not to mention the personal depreci- depreciation on your own vehicle, mm-hmm. right? And so that's been a really attractive thing and we've had low churn um, on the driver side, fortunately, because frankly, they get to drive, they get to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot, it, it's a better atmosphere when you're dealing with groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it's less boring. Yeah, right? yeah I'm sure, sure. I'm sure you're always talking with oh, the drivers. Yeah, I'm, I'm always in shotgun, just like bullshitting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I was talking to Justin and Matthew. And like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and uh, and then also, it's a lot safer mm-hmm. because you, you feel yeah, you're like in a bigger yeah yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're in a bigger vehicle, but you're also with a group that most of the time holds each other accountable, mm-hmm. right? There's not going to be you know one sketch person in the back of your car who you don't know what's going on with exactly. and that you've got to keep an eye on while you're driving. Yeah. On the other side of that, that we haven't touched on, which is really cool about the model is that each person who checks into the vehicle has the opportunity to tip at mm. the end of the ride. Oh, very cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So versus Uber or Lyft, where only the booker has the opportunity to tip. Damn, getting hella tips. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, yeah. these drivers have 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 people who have the wow. opportunity to tip. If each person only did 50 cents a dollar, yeah. it adds up. Wow, that's right. Good. And that's so, so we made sure, you know, everything from our dispatching system to the tip infrastructure um, to kind of, uh, you know, how, how trips are assigned, everything like that. It's been with the driver in mind because obviously mm-hmm. those are the ones that the drivers are the ones uh, that are kind of yeah. the, the backbone I, of this company. I actually follow uh, <laughs> only because she basically made me, but no, she was she was hilarious. I follow a uh, Queen Fetty on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. She's so funny, dude. She's great. This is, it's this lady that like drives for Fetty, and um, she posts every one she drives. She'll like take a group photo, mm-hmm. and then she'll like like my post and message me, be like, "Oh my god, this was so funny!" And it's, like, <laughs> dude, it's hilarious. No, um, no, we have a, We yeah. have a great team. It, it, everyone, every, it's just a big family. Everyone holds each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a good. It's a good atmosphere. It's a good company, and uh, and hopefully we just keep growing it. And yeah. you know, it's it's on us. Uh, you know. They're, they're doing very hard work and it's on us to make sure that they've got work for them to do, right? Yeah. To make sure we've got users for them to transport and everything like that. So 
everyone holds each other accountable. Very cool. And what um what what's your guys' business model like? And if you don't want to share the percentages, that's totally fine. But like, are you just making a percentage of like each ride booked or like overall? I mean, I guess I guess that's the only option. Yeah, so, but yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah, so it, it's basically like a, a platform license, licensing fee where we take a percentage of the revenue on each trip. Gotcha, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. And obviously, like, the it's enough so that you guys are obviously profitable, but mm-hmm. then it's also enough for them that they're, like, very happy doing their job. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, that's, that's kind of – Justin and I, whenever we started, uh, we didn't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? We were coming, uh, you know, shortly after there was COVID, so – kind of VC funding wasn't very high for group transportation during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that did, it forced us to really build a lean company, right? We haven't overhired. In fact, it's, it's, we, we've made it very difficult to, to get a job at Fetty. We really mm-hmm. look for killers. Um, and, uh, and we've ensured that kind of we've cost cutted where we need to without sacrificing the integrity of the company and its success. And from that, we've been able to, you know, as you mentioned, create a profitable company, mm-hmm. which is very hard to do for rideshare. Very hard. Very hard well, to do. But for just startups. Just start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Rideshare in particular, yeah, 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 when you yeah. see how much Uber and, and Oh, I'm Lyft sure, are. yeah. Um, and, and so with that being said, this kind of leanness uh, uh, to, the, to the company um, has really made us stronger, mm-hmm. right? And has really allowed us to do things that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do, um, which includes being able to give a lot of the revenue to drivers. Very cool. Right, and kind of kind of make sure that they're taken care of because mm-hmm. of course if they're taken care of, then the company can grow. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do love that that tip model, it's genius. Um, what? So you guys are currently in College Station and in Austin, right? College Station, Austin, and Lubbock. Where's Lubbock? I, I've heard this a thousand times. Lubbock, Where's Texas, Lubbock? Uh, North Texas, home of Texas Tech University. Okay, oh gotcha, okay, 37,000 gotcha. students over there. Gotcha. Um, we started with the college towns, Austin, obviously a big metro area, yeah, yeah. and the college towns are just really quick to be profitable in each market. Oh yeah, one, one frat dude is like, yo, what? And then just the whole school knows exactly, about it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's kind of been a you know, a good, a good kind of aspect to the business. But mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, recently we were funded, we, we got accepted into Y Combinator. Um, and, and so now we're attacking these bigger markets and kind mm-hmm. of making, uh, kind of the push into the nation. So, okay. So that's what I was going to ask is like, we'll ignore the college towns right now. Cause I think Austin's like obviously a much bigger market. It and it's is. just like, it's a big city and yeah. it's big in tech right now. So what, what steps are you taking? Cause like right now, not only are you in Austin, but like you have this like local feel, everyone's like, Oh, the founders live here. Like, Oh, there's Matthew and Justin and everything. And, and then you have the, you have like a good hold on who the drivers are and like all that stuff. So like, how do you keep that? Like, how do you basically not turn into Uber where, where it's just like a, a shit show and you're not profitable. And it's like, there's billions of people. Like, it's like, so how, how do you, how do you maintain the Fetty? vibes as you scale is like city by city or how do you do it yeah no it's city by city but you know more than just going to each city it's keeping the the culture of how you know how fetty started and how it is Mm -hmm. right to the to this day even though we've gotten funding and and i could go i could turn around and and spend a whole bunch of money just anywhere Mm -hmm. where where i want to yeah i want to um it's having that you know that discipline to hold back and really uh, and really say okay we'll use this this capital to efficiently go to market with the strategies that have been proven, mm-hmm. right? We're not just putting a huge budget in digital advertisement and, and Facebook kinda, ads. Yeah, exactly. We've just, all, we've all done that run companies <laughs> early and, on <laughs> and just seeing what happens. No, it's sticking to the fundamental uh, fundamentals of the company and ensuring that we're growing quickly, but mm-hmm. also efficiently. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because one thing with being profitable is that you hold 
your destiny in your hands now. Mm-hmm. You're not at the at the mercy of capital markets. Yeah. Right. Ensuring like, okay, um, I need to I need to take these actions in my company to ensure I can raise more. Mm-hmm. Even if it may not be the best for your company, you're you're doing all these different stuff mm-hmm. uh, with the mindset of this will attract investors, which will eventually lead to a downfall. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and so. It's making sure that we're, we're growing efficiently. And with that being said, one cool thing about the company is that other than a, a few months ago when we started implementing new marketing initiatives and strategies, we spent zero dollars on advertising and marketing, mm-hmm. right? Everything, and, and that zero dollars led to over over half a million passengers transported. Wait, in what, what time period? Well, since, since, since That's launch, uh, that since, since, so September 2021 is when we hard launched in Austin. Okay. So from then, between all three cities, Damn. half a million, about 550,000. And I'm at 12,000 of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and so, you know, to get to that place without any advertising and marketing, mm-hmm. you have to provide a good service. Yeah. And, and you have to you have to ensure that it's a problem that actually needs solving, mm-hmm. which which we know it is. Um, and, and what's really unique about this business that I explain to a lot of people is that whenever you convert one customer with Fetty, you're converting nine, 10, 11, whole, 12 whole people, exactly, yeah, yeah. who are now exposed to the service, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. right? And so that week over week exponential growth mm-hmm. just allows the product to grow virally, yeah. which, which is a big benefit to us. And like I said, a big reason mm-hmm. why we're able to be profitable. Well, and that's actually my next question that you just softballed up to me. Um, you guys have this free ride thing, uh-huh. which I think is fucking genius because uh-huh. it like, I don't want to say tricks, but it really just gets everyone. It's like, cause, cause before like maybe four or five of us could have the app and then like we could do the booking and figure it out. But when you have, when you offer a free ride, if everyone gets the app, it's like everyone's gonna get the app. Yeah. Well, we what we call that it's a, a free account upgrade, mm-hmm. right? Your account got upgraded, right? Yeah, yeah. And so what we did whenever we start off in a market is we upgrade kind of these these groups, whether it be a fraternity, sorority, mm-hmm. organization, a company, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, inf- influencers, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, um, with a free account upgrade that lets them ride for free. Mm-hmm. Now here's here's the the part is that it lets them ride for free. If they're riding with someone who doesn't have the account upgrade mm-hmm. and they scan in, mm-hmm. they still have to pay. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's not like we're giving the whole ride free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what that does with the person who's an influencer or trendsetter, mm-hmm. let's say, or part mm-hmm. of this uh, group that tends to go out, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. they'll say, okay, I'm with a group of seven. Mm-hmm. I'm a group of with with ten or six. Well, I've got this free account upgrade. Mm-hmm. Let's take this. Let's mm-hmm. try it. Yeah. Everyone tries it. We didn't lose 100% of the revenue on the trip because it's only free for that person. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, with mm-hmm. that conversion, we've got 14 new customers. Gotcha. Yeah, that might have been what it was. Yeah. I th- oh, I think I think like I think what happened was I think like 10 of us in the group had the free upgrade. Yeah. And so we got the free ride, and it, so it ended up it, maybe it was like 70% or 60% off yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But it was still like it was still cool to see like how that impacted the whole group. Yeah. Which, which so cool. Which is allowed, and, and that's kind of. That's kind of one of the it, it, it's it's almost similar to kind of Tinder and Bumble's go to market where they would sponsor sororities and fraternities host mm-hmm. parties for them. You'd have to download the app to get into exactly. these parties. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of taking a lot of different things, but the same way how Tinder and Bumble were started by young adults, college mm-hmm. students. Yeah, I really I really don't think this service could have been. Well, I don't think this service could have been started by anyone. It's very hard to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but let alone by an older person who kind of doesn't have that insight 
of mm-hmm. how young adults and, and groups tend to think. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, for example, a 60-year-old executive would have said, okay, throw all this money, throw millions of dollars into billboards, throw millions of dollars into Google ads, and then kind mm-hmm. of conventional ways where the ROI might not be as high yeah. as kind of these efficient strategies, which mm-hmm. we needed to come up with because we didn't have the capital. Exactly. Right? We had yeah. to figure out efficient ways to grow this business because we just didn't have a... Uh, full you don't have two million to put on ads exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. which has has allowed us to evolve into this profitable company efficient mm-hmm. lean company that's that's you know in a, in a position to grow mm-hmm. right and that. so kind of just everything kind of fell into place i love that man and when, when you were in college station what was that um what when you first decided to get the vans, what was that process like? Like, why are they, I mean, it's great. They're black and they look sleek and Mm -hmm. you have the giant logo on the side. What what was the process of picking a black van? Why 15? Like, what was that process? Well, in College Station, when we first started, we had, because we were putting all our own money in it. Mm -hmm. We were going across the country buying whatever we could. Oh, you're buying, you're just buying vans on like Craigslist? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and it it wouldn't even be these nice vans that we have now. It would be, uh, kind of these 30 passenger shuttles nice like nice. airport shuttles nice okay yeah, um, yeah. so i was i remember i was traveling to houston because some dealer had one nice. or had a 15 passenger low roof van oh nice nice kind of nice nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. um going to wherever i could to find one and, and put in these deals these financing deals mm. to add to our supply so that yeah. we could grow demand and grow the business and so cool and uh and so, you know, at that time we were finding anything we can now fast forward to Austin and it's kind of, everything's more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, the black looks sleek. It looks but, really sleek. But yeah. we've got, we've got some gray vehicles in the, in the fleet. We've got some white vehicles gotcha. in the fleet. Um, so, you know, we don't discriminate in terms of that. We just make sure obviously <laughs> the discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, I, I think I'm just going to be blunt. Like, I feel like the black van is kind of a staple of yours. Yeah. I feel like if I saw a white Fetty van, I have might be confused. Have you not seen a white one yet? I, I might've seen a gray one. I've never seen a white one, okay. but like when I see a, I'm telling you when I see a bl- I don't care what color it is. If I see a black one, it's a Fetty van in my yeah. mind. Like, yeah. so I'm just letting you know from like a user perspective, yeah. like, like because we saw black vans going, someone's like, "Oh, it's a Fetty van." And they drove by. I'm, that's that's from from outside looking in. Yeah, I, I feel like it has to be black. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm there just, you I'm, go. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Um, well, that's cool though. So, what what is a day to day like for you as a CEO? Like, are you just or actually, how about this question? Do you um do you ever book a Fetty for yourself and just like maybe you don't know the driver personally and see what the experience is like? Definitely. Like like a undercover boss? Like a secret, secret shopper. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've done that. And uh, yeah. and just make sure that the quality, I mean, it's important for, you know, whatever whatever company uh, you're in mm-hmm. um, to, to keep on trying the service and find iterations. And so mm-hmm. there's been plenty of times where I'll go, I'll see something wrong, um, and then we'll, we'll communicate to the driver, mm-hmm. hey, whenever you're checking people in, Follow this process. Yeah. You know, we, we had someone report that you didn't do this or this, and, mm-hmm. and kind of just uh, for for training purposes, kind gotcha. of make it more efficient. But yeah, we have done that, and uh, and I think it's a great great way to improve things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what what is it what does it day to day look like for you, like just as a CEO for for a Fetty? Yeah, I mean, look, we're in a startup, so no day is the same. Yeah, which course. I enjoy, which is beautiful. Oh, which yeah. I enjoy. Dude, every day is different for me, and I'm like, oh, I would hate if I, every day I did the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some days there's fires that need to be put out. Other days, you know, whether it's it's uh, communicating with our investors, right? Whether it's marketing, PR, mm-hmm. um, working with our engineering team, uh, kind of figuring out go-to-market strategies, um, trying different marketing initiatives. It's kind of you've got to wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. yeah. In this, um, what's what's fortunate, and I'm really fortunate, is that our team is killer. You know, I've mentioned it a couple times now. 
Um, it's definitely not a one or two man show. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone firmly believes in the vision of Fetty, what we can achieve, um, all the good that we're doing, mm-hmm. right? We've removed hundreds of thousands of vehicles already mm-hmm. um, just because of the amount of trips we've transported. Nice. Uh, we're creating good memories. We're stopping people from uh, driving and drinking, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we're doing a lot of good and that's kind of the mission that we believe in. And everyone, when they come together, there's, I don't think anything we can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just ensuring that the company keeps moving, doing what I need to do as well as everyone else doing what they need to do. Very cool. And when it comes to like, like legalities, like do you guys have, um, is it not, it's, it's not illegal, but like, how does it work legally wise to like start this kind of a business? And is that different state for state? Like, can you just be like, I'm also going to do Fetty. Obviously it would be a successful, but like, can I just go out there and start doing a van rental service in an app? Like, look, if you would ask me that 12 years ago, it'd be a very different answer versus mm-hmm. now when Uber and Lyft have kind of paved the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And so what they've done and they've spent billions of dollars, <laughs> you're like, sweet. Um, thanks guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They spent billions of dollars kind of revolutionizing what transportation looks like, mm-hmm. um, which has kind of led the path for us. Um, now it doesn't go to say just like with any company, there's going to be, mm. there's going to be, uh, things that we need to, to approach, uh, state by state or when we go international, yeah, yeah. right. Um, which, which will come to that. But, uh, but fortunately it's the, the, the kind of, in terms of regulations and, and policy wise, a lot of it's been already, uh, kind of paved. Very cool. Yeah. And when it comes for you guys, when you, when you guys are out there pitching, um, what, well, how much have you guys raised so far? And then what are you, are, how much you raised so far? Are you raising now? And then what is the kind of like the pitch that you give to investors? Like you're going to change transportation or you're changing group or like, what is the pitch? Yeah. Well, I won't say the total amount that we've raised. Fair enough. I like yeah. To, uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and in terms of kind of what we say to investors is fortunately, as I said, we're not at the mercy of capital markets. Mm-hmm. So taking any, any money and just taking what I, what we call in, in the industry, a dumb money, mm-hmm. right? This is no value add money. It's just capital. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're not in a position where we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's looking for those, uh, strategic investors that can really provide value add, mm-hmm. whether it be now or in the future. And is that more like an angel, like a VC or like kind of combination of both combination of both? Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some great angels, um, that, that have, you know, provided a lot of value add and, and, a, you know, for example, Y Combinator has done phenomenal, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of helping us and, and, positioning and are us. you are you with them right now or? yeah we're with them we were in the summer 2022 batch so oh, very currently cool. with them nice, dude. Very yeah cool. nice, yeah nice. and so the demo day uh i think by the time this airs demo day will have happened nice um so uh so that that's uh the, the amount of you know effort they've they've given to us is significant they put us in contact i've spoken with uh they put us in contact with the uh, founders of airbnb right founder of coinbase because all these why Combinator was the investor not only in Fetty but in Instacart, mm-hmm. right? DoorDash, mm-hmm. which are which are deliveries, um, Coinbase, Stripe, uh, Dropbox. Yeah, their uh, their their contact book is endless. Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. So yeah. they, they they've been a lot of help, um, and and they're great to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's finding those strategic investors because if that was just, for example, they invested five hundred thousand. If that mm-hmm. five hundred thousand was coming from, just one person who was going to give us the money and just sit back, we wouldn't have taken it. Exactly. We don't need to, we don't need yeah. to dilute, dilute everyone. We don't need to uh, add people to our cap table who essentially we don't need. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Which I think is a lot of people, you know, should understand that, that whenever you see in the headlines, Oh, this company raised this much amount of money. Mm-hmm. All I see is that, Oh, this company's founders lost this much <laughs> exactly. amount of equity. 
yeah, you know, yeah, and so yeah. a lot of people like to associate uh, the amount raised with success uh, when I think people should be, you know, should acknowledge that it's a big commitment to take, uh, you know, large amounts of capital from people and mm -hmm. you've essentially now owed them the, you know, owed, uh, you, you now owe to them that you need to do everything uh, in regards to giving them a positive ROI for what their fund needs mm -hmm. when it may not be necessarily what's best for the company long term. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just a lot of different pros and cons. Um, but in terms of how we go to the investors, we tell them, look, we don't need your money. Mm. You know, this is what the company does. Tell us how you could help. Mm. Right. And if there's a good fit, then we can discuss further. Very cool. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys raising right now? Not right now, but okay. well, this will air after demo day. So we are going to start raising uh, middle of September. Um, uh, to help us push into the nationwide expansion. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking at a couple different markets, which include Nashville. Okay, um, that's a very logical next step for Austin. Nashville, yeah, they've <laughs> yeah. got a, a big group scene. They've got Vanderbilt, Belmont, Broadway. Uh, it's cool. a growing city. Um, Phoenix is another attractive one for mm -hmm. us, um, as well as just larger markets like LA, San Francisco, a mm -hmm. lot of good ones. Um, but essentially it's just keep on growing, uh, keep on uh, you know providing the service to customers around the world mm -hmm. and uh, keep on aiming to achieve that vision that I mentioned of where every urban city is utilizing Fetty primarily for all their modes of transportation. That's awesome, man. And I am um, not going to say anything, but like this podcast has only been live for the month of August and we've already had um, one of our episodes have two VCs reach out to invest. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just saying it. Yeah. yeah um, we, we don't get, we don't get insane viewers. So what, you want the finders fee? No, I'm, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> well, I should have the finders fee <laughs> for, that, for the other one. Um, but no, I, uh, we're not, we don't have tons of views yet, but the views we have are pretty quality people, I will say. Well, look, um, I'll tell you this, yeah. Corey, you've done a spectacular job of kind of making your mark making your mark best. in the Austin scene because when when did you move here uh like a year and a half ago a year and a half ago <laughs> and now everyone in the startup scene knows your name I'm doing my That's best dude. I'm, well I'd say everyone in the startup scene like pre-series A knows right, my name yeah, I'm, trying, so, yeah. I'm trying to where are you series C founders at let's, yeah. let's talk where are you they're hiding in the, the cracks of yeah, Austin I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to network and grow my, you know. That's been great, my, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And your guys are always welcome at all my, my events and everything. Appreciate it, yeah. Um, so one thing I was going to ask about in regards to the, the fundraise. So you're going to have all this money ideally and like keep growing. Um, at any point, does it make sense to own the fleet of vehicles? Good question. Um, and, and something that we have thought about uh, it's just, it's very capital intensive. It's a, it's a big headache. Is it worth the headache? Like, yeah. like price wise? Yeah, yeah. Right now it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Not. Yeah. 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 But yeah. like I said, you know, you asked me in five, 10, 15 years, exactly. things change. So is it out of the question? No. Mm. Right now we do see ourselves primarily sticking to the fact that we're a technology platform yeah. that partners with these fleet owners mm -hmm. and gives them the ability to utilize and to maximize the utilization mm -hmm. of their 15 passenger transit van. Yeah, they're probably yeah, they're probably pumped. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're, no, they're, they're like, thank God, we were going out of the business. Gro the, growth, yeah. the growth that we've given to our PSPs, I mean, these are solid cash flow businesses mm -hmm. that they're making, um, you know, providing these vehicles to our franchises, to our drivers. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got a lot of PSPs just putting in orders for new ones, just keep on growing their fleets. So cool. Um, and so we're really, you know, we're not only giving opportunities, you know, job opportunities to our kind of full-time Fetty team, mm -hmm. but also to the PSPs who are entrepreneurs creating their own businesses, mm -hmm. as well as the drivers who are also creating their own businesses. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, a really nice network where we're providing a lot of opportunities to a lot of people. And, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the goal with a lot of companies. And mm -hmm. with us, it's kind of 
you know, positively impacting the economy and making sure that a lot of people have these opportunities and a lot of people are happy with them. Absolutely. And I hope we, um, I definitely enjoy the experience. I hope we have some videos that you guys have. I'm sure you guys have videos of like the experience happening. And I would love to see early photos of your guys' first vans if you have those. Yeah. Put them up on the, let me know if you can find those. Yeah, yeah. No, I can find them. <laughs> uh, and when we first launched, uh, I'll send a picture. When we first launched in Austin, um, what we did is we partnered with a rental company okay. uh, called Caps. Um, and we would just rent out their vehicles uh, probably like five, six, seven of them mm -hmm. uh, when we first started and just utilized those, had drivers go oh, in nice. them. So Did it, it say wasn't... caps on it or what? No, it didn't say caps. We would buy uh, we would buy stickers and just throw on Fetty on them. <laughs> nice. And 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 so I'll, I've got a I've I've got a picture that I'll find where I'm in the parking lot of Caps. Uh, kind of it might have been the first day of the Austin launch. Yes. Um, so we can that. we can plug that in. So amazing. Um, and then maybe I'll try and find some early on pictures where we were using those shuttle buses in college station so if you have a picture of you as a baby with like a van toy that'd be cool too. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so ever since, since he was three years old he knew <laughs> that he would change group so, transportation <laughs> so, so, so amazing dude yeah yeah exactly uh, uh so last question here where is um make sure this freaking audio is still and yeah, we're good um where is uh where is trans or sorry uh where is fetty going next like where, what's your guys next move or yeah. never let them know your next move, maybe. I don't know. No, no. I mean, look, the next move is essentially keep on going towards a vision of every urban city. And so what that looks like is growing our our presence in Austin. Okay. We still, I mean, there's still so much growth left to do in Austin. Oh, yeah. You guys will, you guys will keep. Like uh, More we, people will find out. Right. Sure. We've just yeah. touched. And as I mentioned, we're just now getting, everything has been word of mouth and organic growth. Mm -hmm. Now we're putting capital into different marketing initiatives to mm -hmm determine the customer acquisition cost for these initiatives, what the ROI looks like, how much capital we should put into them mm -hmm. so that whenever we go into these other cities, we already have the, the data. The, the to blueprint. Say, yep. Exactly. Yep. And so already we've got a good playbook that we got from College Station, Lubbock, and Austin mm -hmm. of kind of how, how to enter that go-to-market strategy, mm -hmm. primarily starting with these hubs of twenty to 30,000 customers, mm -hmm. college, you know, university hubs. Like, like hubs like kind of surrounding the... Exactly. Ooh, exactly. You're kind of like... Exactly. Sides. So we attack Damn. these hubs very efficiently with that free account upgrade that mm -hmm. you mentioned. And now we're kind of implementing these different strategies to know how to attack kind of the broader market, which mm -hmm. is, for example, us, groups like us who go out um, and, and everything of that sort, whether it's going to the lake, co-working co events, offsite corporate events. Um, and, and with that blueprint, now we can go into these new cities mm -hmm. and look, this is what we did here. Some things are going to have to be tweaked for, for certain yeah, know, yeah. cities logistically, how they're set up. But this is kind of the blueprint and this is how we scale. So cool. And I think that's important because, you know, we're not just taking a whole bunch of capital mm -hmm. and, and just letting it out. Yeah, yeah. We're sticking to our foundation and knowing this is the capital we have. Mm -hmm. This is how we use it. This is what it'll generate. Mm -hmm. And from that, which we haven't even discussed, we're able to be profitable in a market within three to three and a half months. Damn. Right, just with that current blueprint that we have. Very cool. And so it's just repeating that and keep on growing. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Fetty, man. It's a no, pleasure. it's appreciate. Yeah, it's a yeah. pleasure, Corey. Dude, it's so fun. That's why we strive, guys. There we go. That's why we strive. <laughs> there we go. I wanted to thank you for watching this entire episode of Why We Strive. Be sure you head to whywestrive.com and subscribe. So every Tuesday, you can see incredible interviews with some of the best tech founders, investors, and creatives in the industry. Have an amazing day, and don't forget to keep striving.